Right on. We're in this series called Reboot. Typically, I would say get out your devices and your note-taking things, and I'm not going to say that at this time. I'm just going to say prepare yourself <laughs> uh, because we're going to go for it. The Lord has really done a work in me in this subject, and, uh, and I know that he's going to do a work in you too. But we are in this series called Reboot, and the reason we're talking about Reboot is for, one, I think that the Lord is doing a reboot uh, in America. I think he's doing it in his church. I think he's doing it in our country, uh, which really even means the, the whole world. Um, but reboots are okay. You know, if you don't know what a reboot is, reboot is when uh, our technology kind of gets jammed up or, or stuck up. It's not broken, but it just needs a reset. Uh, many of you, you know, the first time you talk to a tech guy, you say, hey, my phone's not working. Hey, the Wi-Fi's not working anymore. That tech person's going to say, well, have you rebooted it yet? Have you put it back in its order? I've shared with you the definition of a reboot means uh, what happened is too many requests had been ordered. Too many things have gotten in the way. It's, been, it's trying to do too many things at one time, and things got crossed up. And so when you do a restart or a reset, it, it replaces things into the order that they need to be. Because if they're out of order, they're not going to accomplish what they're sent to accomplish. If we're out of order, if we're too distracted, if we've had too many requests come of our life and we've gotten all off the path, then we won't work the way that we're called to work. Are you with me? So God does these reboots in our life, and they're okay. I shared the story with you uh, about how I was vacuuming because good husbands help around the house. Can I get an amen, women? And, uh, and so I'm vacuuming, and my daughter comes in, who's eight, and, uh, and she says, Dad, you're going too fast. That's not going to work. And uh, gives me the big lecture about how you got to go slow so you make sure you get everything. And I was going too fast. And I was in a hurry. I was in a hustle. And that's what happens in our lives so many times and in our walk with the Lord, we get so busy just trying to do the things that we forget how we really should be doing the things. Uh, I like to try to teach my kids, you know, the, the things that they should know. And so my son, he's six years old. Uh, I was yesterday, I was changing the mower blade on my lawnmower because I don't know if you know this, guys. You're supposed to change those things and sharpen them. <laughs> couple times a year. And so I take them outside and I say, hey, bud, uh, here's what's going on. You know, I flip the thing over and I say, you got to take this off. And I say, you see, you see, you see all these spots in here? You know, that's where daddy ran over all your toys. And now it's dented. I'm like, I told you, if you don't pick them up, I'm going to run them over. And, uh, and, and so see, and it's dull and it's not working. And so we got to put a new one on here. We got to reboot this thing. We got to sharpen this thing up and see all this grass is all clogged in here. It's just not going to work the way it's supposed to. Oh man, dad, how can you mow like that? I'm like, I know. And, and I'm saying, when we, same thing in our lives. In this, you've, been, you've been chopping and hustling and clogging. Are you with me? <laughs> Sounds all real spiritual definitions, right? I'm sure that's how the disciples would say it. But that's what some of you have been doing. And it's time for you to just clear all that stuff up, sharpen stuff back up, and let God do that reboot in you. Amen? And what I've been frustrated in seeing is that through COVID and through all the things happening and through the time and the hour that we live in, politically and relationally, I've just been seeing that church people and Christians particularly uh, have been accepting defeat. Instead of accepting the reboot, they've just fallen into this idea of like, no, I'm just broken. I'm broke. This all broke me. Uh, There's no hope for me. And you forget the fact that it says, the scripture says that the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. There is no doctrine of defeat for a Christ follower. And so statistically, the Barna Research Group says that uh, of all of the people who were active in participating in Christianity or in their church since COVID, only 40% of who used to be considered active Christians participating in the kingdom of God, only 40% are still active. We've lost 60% of the Christian army, if you will. 
over the last year through circumstances. Now, I realize some people are sick of watching online. I realize some people are concerned with uh, coming into the building and, and doing different things. I realize the, the tensions of all of the different, like just feelings between politics and how things should be handled has caused a, a great separation and divide. But what it shouldn't cause is it shouldn't cause a great disengage. Are you with me? Statistically, we already see here in Michigan, we have shared this data before, that Grand Rapids is about a million person population. And so statistically, again, according to the Barner Research Group, we saw that between de-churched and unchurched, about 50% of that population is not vitally connected to a church. So half a million people in our 30-mile radius, which church leaders would say that's our reach, that's our radius, Half a million people need to hear the good news of the gospel. Are you with me today? Before COVID, we heard that there's a half a million. Now the data is saying that only 40% of that first half a million that was connected is now gone. I'm here to say that in our 30-mile radius, according to data, we see that only 25% of our million-person population is vitally connected to the body of Christ whether it be online or however they're connected, I'm here to tell you it's not a good enough number, right? And what's so frustrating for me as the pastor is I keep getting tones and messages and and signals sent to me of this like, it's over. We're all broke. It's not going to happen. We begin to just accept defeat. And again, as I mentioned a minute ago, have you forgotten that the Spirit of God, who the same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead, is living on the inside of you? Why are we accepting defeat? There's no doctrine of defeat. Can I get an amen? Uh, They say before, uh, you've heard me say it a million times, the largest gap in the world is between what we know to do and we actually do. We know we need to exercise. We know it's important for our body, but the gap between actually doing that is huge. We know that we need to eat better because if we eat better, but the gap is so, and the largest gap is between what we know to do and what we actually do. And I believe it's so true of all of us. We know that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of us. We all know the scripture that says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We all know that, right? But the gap of believing it is huge. We hear a headline or we see a news article and we we just accept defeat. We just believe the discouragement. We just believe that everything's headed to hell in a handbasket and there's nothing we can do about it. Instead of going, wait a second, the largest gap in the world, I know that greater is he that's in me. Are you with me today? Uh, My daughter, who's two and a half, was riding her bike in our driveway uh, yesterday. And if she got up to the top of the driveway, it was too hard for her to pedal. She's like two and a half years old. And um, she's got the training wheels on there and the basket with the bunny in it and all that stuff. And, uh, and, she's, and, and so she came up to the top of the driveway. It was too hard to pedal. She would get very frustrated, and she's such a sweet, precious little animated thing. And so she would let me know when it was, she was stuck or if she would go off the driveway and get into the grass, she would get stuck. And as I told you, I was busy doing yard stuff and trying to do all this stuff. And, and so it was like every second I would turn around like, Dad, I'm stuck again. Ah. And, but I was showing her, like, honey, if you do this at the end of the driveway and you just do a circle uh, it's not a big enough like hill in the driveway, and you just keep doing this, you can go round and round again. And she wouldn't keep the circle going. She kept coming up back to the top of the driveway. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so I'm like, no, 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 honey, come down. And to the point that I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. And I went and got sidewalk chalk, and I started to draw arrows in a circle. <laughs> and so I took this chalk, and I made it very clear. I was like, all right, here we go. Here's what you got to do, children. 
You go from Genesis to Revelation. Just, just keep doing the circle. Keep believing the... Oh, oh, wait, I started talking about something else. So I drew her these arrows. I was like, all right, just follow the arrows, honey. And so when I was standing with her, she's doing the circle. Dad, I'm doing the circle. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing the arrows. And, uh, but then she would get off the arrows. She would get into the grass. And then it's like, Dad, I'm off in the grass. I'm like, I know, you're not doing the arrows. <laughs> the arrows. They're like, hold on, let me get a different color. So now I'm trying it with pink. All right, pink. Pink's brighter. Stuck again at the top of the driveway. Dad, I'm like, ah. And, uh, and so I then, you know, realize we do that to God all the time. He's like, he's like, guys, why are you freaking out? I, like, I gave you the arrows. You have the arrows. Why are you so stressed out and freaked out about what's going on? Why are you disengaging? Why are you accepting defeat? Like, do the arrows. Largest gap in the world. we got to shrink this thing. Romans 8 says, The Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you if you're a Christ follower, if you're a Christian. The Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. Think about this. Jesus the Messiah who came and walked and dwelt among us and, and lived and did miracles and raised people from the dead. The story of this is unbelievable. All the things that Jesus did, he did, he died. Meaning people saw him bleed out and die. Jesus. People saw. So the headlines were, Jesus is dead. The disciples have walked away from him. All of this has gone away it's all over so the day after people wake up where's Jesus well remember he's in the tomb because he's dead because this is all over are you tracking what I'm saying but then something happened and he rose up out of that grave do you know what happened the spirit the holy spirit brought what was dead back to life are you with me today brought what was out of order back into order are you with me took what looked like it was hopeless and helpless and over and said come back up out of there by the holy spirit the same spirit that is in you and in me it's crazy that we accept defeat we need a reboot to understand that you have the cheat code I know we're not supposed to cheat, right? That's like lying. But the body of Christ is some pretty good cheaters. <laughs> Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because we got the Holy Spirit. We got the cheat code. We got all the hacks that we need to have. Are you with me? Because the same spirit that rose him up out of the grave lives in you. But we've made it religious. And we believe that the spirit, the Holy Spirit, just lives in a denomination. Oh, the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that church over there does that. That's where the Holy Spirit is. He's, he's with those people. Or we say, oh, no, the Holy Spirit was really on that song. And we just believe, oh, yeah, oh, that song, and that song they sing, the, the Holy Spirit was really on that song. Or, or that sermon, oh, boy, they preached a sermon that was really anointed. The Holy Spirit was really on that song. What would happen in our world if you understood that the Holy Spirit was on you and in you, dwelt among us? Are you with me today? The Holy Spirit is not in quarantine. The Holy Spirit is not sheltering in place. The Holy Spirit is not standing six feet apart from you today. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you and wants to do a work and wants to do a reboot in our country. And if we would just understand people all the time and, and 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 if you sent me something i'm not talking about you i'm talking about somebody else <laughs> but i get people who send me stuff all the time out of fear 
And they sent me these things. They say, have you seen this yet? Oh, have you seen this yet? Have you seen this yet? And I just want to say, have you seen this yet? <laughs> Are you, uh, you know what I'm saying? Fear, fear, worry. Everybody's worried. Everybody's worried, freaking out like we're out of control. I've seen this. And here's the bad part. Your kids are seeing what you're saying. So you're walking around the house talking to each other about, oh, have you heard? Did you know? Have you heard? What if you walked around your house saying to each other, have you heard? Did you know? Have you heard? Did you know? We've got to get in this position where we understand this Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is alive. He's, he's, it's three in one as we just sang. He is God and he's moving and he's dwelling and he's active. I don't care what kind of things the government signs into order. You can't legislate the Holy Spirit. You got to remember, they tried to bury it, entomb it. If you, if you can't keep it dead, how many think you're not going to be able to legislate it? Amen. I don't care what cultural influencers say. You can't detrend the Holy Spirit. Well, they, they're saying this, they're saying that. I don't care. John 15, Jesus, uh, I've shared this with you before. He says, getting ready to ascend to heaven. I've told you this before. We all say the most important thing before we leave. The babysitter comes over, the house sitter comes over, and you go through all the things like, oh, there's this and there's this and do this and do this. Uh, but then right before you leave, you always say the most important thing. So you say, okay, I'll remind you before I leave, this, and you say the thing. This is what Jesus is doing. Right before, he's about to ascend into heaven. He's going to leave everybody. He's, he's getting ready to go sit at the right hand of the Father. And he says, listen, before I go, I need to tell you this. I'm going to get there, and I'm going to ask my Father to send you the Holy Spirit, the helper, your advocate who gives you power. But he says this, and he's going to be with you forever, always. I heard somebody say, yes, always and forever. Well, what if we don't control the White House? Then is the Holy Spirit still going to help us? What if we don't control Congress? What if we don't da-da-da-da? What did Jesus tell you? Stay in the circle, friends. Follow the arrows. It doesn't matter what things look like and what things are being taken. Because Jesus gave you a promise that he's sending you a helper, an advocate, and that Holy Spirit is going to be with you always and forever. John 16 goes on to say, he's, he reminds us again. He says, very truly, I tell you, it's actually better that I go to heaven. He says, because if I don't, then the helper won't come. He says, it's to your advantage. Read John 16. It's to our advantage that the Holy Spirit has been given to us. We walk around being like, wow, man, I wish Jesus was here. He'd just really get them. Well, he'd put this stuff in or he is here. And he's dwelling on the inside of me and you. And he is putting things in order. And he is our advocate and our helper. And he's with us always. Can I get an amen? amen? So our reboot is this. You need to understand you're victorious. There is no doctrine of defeat. Pick up your head and start sticking out your chest and walking like you're a child of the king. Yeah. Not the coach. Not, not, not the counselor. Not, no, the king yeah. of kings. Are you with me? Yeah. It's to your advantage that I go. It's better that I go. The Holy Spirit is still here. Still here. The same spirit that raised Christ up out of the tomb is the same spirit that's doing a work over America right now. You guys remember rock, paper, scissors? I hope you do. Uh, the stuff kids are getting into these days, these board games they're bringing home trying to play. My daughter was throwing shade at trouble the other day. You know, you know trouble. 
that? It's stupid. You don't even do anything. And I was like, Googling adoption. Like, how do you get rid of it? Which, by the way, next week, my Mother's Day sermon, you're not going to want to miss it. I'm talking about how it's biblical to send your kid down the river. So if you have any of those, that's my sermon next week. It's in the Bible. I found it for you, moms. So rock, paper, scissors. We should all know this. But the truth is we're cheaters. We're Christians. We're not playing rock, paper, scissors with the world. It's not one. It's okay. Rock, paper, scissors. Let's see what you're going to come up with. We're rock, paper, scissors, Holy Spirit. And it covers all of it. Are you with me? Rock, paper, scissors. We go Holy Spirit over everything. Rock, paper, what is it a dove? We're going to, that's it. That's the, in fuego. That's it. But anytime the cancer comes into your life trying to play rock, you're going to say Holy Spirit. Are you with me? All these things try to come in. You're going to, you're going to throw the Holy Spirit. Because it is our all-powerful. I believe that the most powerful spirit on this earth today is still the Holy Spirit. It's not the spirit of fear. It's not Pharaoh. It's not Jezebel. It's not Goliath. Are you with me? It's the Holy Spirit. It's not the Antichrist. It's not cancer. It's not COVID. It's not atheism. The most powerful spirit is the Holy Spirit. It's not cancel culture, perversion, prejudice, sexual immorality, abortion, poverty, racism, injustice, greed, bigotry, or intolerance. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the most powerful spirit on this planet. And you amen me real good right now. But I just wish that we would believe it when you read a headline. I wish you would believe it when you hear a bill signed in or a plan that's going to be put into place. I wish you would just believe that the most powerful spirit on this earth is still the Holy Spirit. And it dwells, he dwells on the inside of you. So how, you know, and I'm with you. I get the same feeling. I sit in these meetings where I'm trying to learn about what we're up against and what I got to keep up with and the things that I need to know about. I sit in these meetings and I think, how in the world are we going to make a dent in these things? I was sitting in a, uh, I was watching this, uh, this replay, I guess, of this seminar, and they were talking about all of the things that they're trying to put in education aimed at first graders. And there was this panel of people who were experts in these fields, and even non-Christian doctors and leaders were saying, we can't do this stuff. We cannot indoctrinate our children with these kinds of ideas. It goes against every single thing we've ever known about anything in mankind. (laughs) It goes against, for me, I know it goes against the word, but for them it goes against science, biology, physiology, all of these things. They're saying, hey, this doesn't make any sense. And so I'm sitting there watching these things thinking, how in the world are we going to make a dent in this? How are we ever going to get them to see that these things don't work and that this stuff is going to do damage? How do we ever do this? And then the Holy Spirit just reminded me, it's actually not my job to get them to see. The Holy Spirit, the scripture says, is the one who convicts people of their sin. It's not my job to fix anybody. It's just my job to love somebody. Are you with me? That's why I love that we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Why? Because you can walk into these atmospheres and the Holy Spirit in you can begin to bring conviction of sin in people's lives. You don't have to do it. You don't got to stand on a corner and say, turn or burn. Let's just let the Spirit of God on the inside of us and the way that we live our lives be the example. Amen? John 16 is where we get it. It says that when when he comes, 
I just shared John 16 a second ago about being our advocate. And the scripture says when that Holy Spirit comes, he comes to convict the world of its sin. It's not, it's not our job. It's our job to love. The scripture, uh, the spirit that we carry, this Holy Spirit, is a spirit of love in a world of hate. We carry this Holy Spirit who is a spirit of love in a world of hate. Galatians 5, I was sharing this with the men. I shared it with the prayer team yesterday as we prayed Saturday morning prayer. Just awesome to see you fill that place up and us just pray for people in our community. But uh, I was sharing how Galatians 5 tells us, we all know this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we love that one. Oh, we put it on shirts and it's stuff that we, you know, make youth camps out of. And love your neighbor as yourself. But we forget the verse right after that that says this. It gives us this warning. Yeah, love your neighbor as yourself. But it gives us this warning. If you become a people who bite and devour and go at each other and one-up each other and bite and bite and bite, it says be careful because uh, both will be destroyed. Therefore, you will devour one another. What's happening in our culture is this is living out. Uh, it, it, it's like dog fighting, and hopefully pet people in here uh, don't get upset with me. <laughs> but it's dog fighting is what this is. Yeah, one's getting in a good bite, and the other one gets in a good bite, and this one does a thing, it doesn't. But at the end of the fight, they both bleed out and die. Oh, did you see, got a good bite. Oh, I got a good bite there. Oh, I got a good one there. At the end of the day, the scripture says both be devoured. That's what's happening in America right now. We say, who gotcha? And then we say, who gotcha? And then we say, oh, look, now we gotcha. And we're spending all this time and energy just biting and fighting. And at the end of the day, we're all losers. We all bleed out and we all die. That's why the scripture gives us this warning of, hey, love your neighbor as yourself. I'm so grateful that I don't have to be tolerant. We say, oh, you're being tolerant. We need more tolerance. Oh, we just need you to be more tolerant. Where's the tolerance? We need to be more tolerant. I'm not going to be tolerant because the scripture actually doesn't call me to be tolerant. It calls me to go above tolerance and be a person who actually loves. Tolerance is the world's way of treating one another. The spirit way is to love one another. See, you guys were getting excited when I was saying you don't have to tolerate people. (laughs) And it was one step further. You're not called to just tolerate. You're called to love. And you're called to love like God did, which is all giving at all times. Love your neighbor as yourself. Can I get an amen? So this is really actually the whole point of the sermon. That was just my intro. <laughs> but this is what I was trying to tell you about a couple weeks ago when I said, all right, God, what are you doing in this chaos? There's all this chaos. There's all these things out of order. There's all this disorder. God, what in the world are you doing in all of this? God already showed us in the beginning what he does with disorder. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Here it is. Do we have it up there? Do I give it to you guys? No, we don't. Okay. Darkness was hovering over. So darkness. And it says this, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was. The Hebrew says this about the current state of the earth at this time. The Hebrew said there was no purpose, and it was not accomplishing its destiny. Think about this. There was a time where there was total chaos. 
everything out of order. There was no purpose. There was no function. There was no order. Everything was dark. Everything was chaotic. Everything was hopeless. Everything had no plan. And the scripture tells you that the Holy Spirit was covering it and hovering it. I'm just here to tell you today, you may be saying, oh my gosh, look at this earth. It's dark and it's chaos and it's crazy and there's no order and there's no purpose and there's no this, all this dysfunction. There's all this thing. I'm here to tell you that that same spirit is still covering and hovering over what's happening right now. It's all out of order. It's all crazy. What are we going to do? How's it ever going to, how are we ever going to, don't worry about the Holy Spirit is still, he knows how to take things that are out of order and put them in perfect order. What does the scripture say happened? The scripture says, heaven gave a word. Let there be light. And there was, and things came into order. This heaven gave a word. What we need is we need some people to get a word for this disorder. We need some people to start speaking the word over the chaos. Are you with me today? Think about this. Jesus shows up on the scene. You guys are going to love this. It spoke so much to me. Jesus shows up on the scene and says, I am am the light of the world. So when Genesis says, let there be light, what's being said is, let there be Jesus. How are we going to bring order and restoration and healing and wholeness to this crazy world? We're going to start speaking, let there be Jesus. Are you with me? Let there be Jesus in this situation. Let there be Jesus in that situation. Let there be Jesus in that leadership. Let there be Jesus in that movement. Let there be Jesus in that agenda. Are you with me? Let there be Jesus and things come to order. Scripture says the Holy Spirit was just, was just, was hovering, was covering this mess, was covering this mess. Uh, My son, Charlie's got this drone because they're all too good to play trouble. And uh, he's got this drone. It's got these four little helicopter uh, fans on it, and that's how it goes up in the air. So he's on his iPad, uh, you know, trading Bitcoin and then also flying his drone, <laughs> these kids. And, uh, and so this drone, he controls it and, it, and it takes up off the ground, goes up, but it just does this little zzzz, that, that's, that's all you hear as these propellers are flying. Zzzz, and it's got this camera on it, and so on his iPad, he can see what it sees, scary, right? And so he can go around doing this. And, uh, and so I'll be out doing stuff and he'll be playing his thing. And then all of a sudden I know he's coming at me for the drone with the drone. Why? Because all of a sudden I'm working. And I just hear it's getting, it's getting closer. I got to watch out. He's getting ready to do a thing. Some of you, two things, some of you, you need to slow down and settle down enough in all of this chaos to open your ear to hear the zzz of that hovering spirit in your life. He's here. He's covering. He's over us. He's with us. We need to make, we need to give the ear to hear. That's why I up on the mountain. He wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the thing. He wasn't in the, it was in the still small. There was this zzz. Some of you, and then some of you, you're like, I've been hearing it. You've got this conviction of sin. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts us of our sin. Are you with me? And you've got this sin that you've been wrestling with, been wrestling with, and you want to get out of it, but you're justifying it, and you're holding on to it, and you've got this thing. But it's like that, it just, for the Holy, he's covering, he's hovering, he's getting closer and closer on you. Let him do the work is what I'm here to say. Let him do that work. I'll close with this. If someone wants to, to play, I, I just want you to understand today that you don't have a doctrine of defeat. You have the spirit of God living on the inside of you. 
You have this spirit with the same power that raised Christ from the dead, enabling you to do what God's called you to do and accomplished you to do. You're covered. If you've ever been in a car crash, oh my gosh, I just wrecked the car. I just smashed this thing. You go, oh, I'm covered. Phew. I got to worry about this because I got coverage. I don't care what's being signed into place. I don't care what, and we're going to stand up and fight and we're going to defend and we're going to speak truth and we're going to do all the things. That's I'm not saying we lay down, but I'm just saying I also understand that I have coverage. Can I get an amen? I've got a Holy Spirit covering me and hovering above me. And, and he's in control of the chaos and the order. And I just get to go up on the scene and I get to speak a word, let there be Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives in you. How is God going to transform this chaos? Actually through you. Yes, he's hovering and he's covering and he's doing a work and that's amazing. But he, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. Why? Because God chooses us, Holy Spirit, through us to accomplish the work. So if you're going to go, oh, thank God the Holy Spirit's out there. I just get to go do whatever I want. No, he's working and dwelling and, and moving through you. That's why we serve. That's why we give. That's why we pray. That's why we show up to Saturday prayer. That's why we serve at the church. That's why we fast. That's why we, are you with me? Because that's how we work. That's how we partner with the Holy Spirit to accomplish the restoration of this chaos and disorder. God, the Holy Spirit working through us. Are you with me today? Let me pray for you and... Um, and then we'll dismiss. But truly, listen, friends, this word, not because it's a sermon that I spent time on or anything like that, this word is for this hour. Like you think about all of the things that God puts in motion and puts in order and, and he's done all these different works and we have all these great seasons of like revivals we can look back at and all these kind of things. But there is a day and there is an hour where we go, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's only by your spirit. And this is that hour. Can I just tell you, you're not going to be able to out talk or out speech or out debate or out some of the things that we're up against. But you can rock, paper, scissor, Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so really, let's let's own this word. Let's love this word. It's the word of God for our lives. And um, it'll take a lot of headache out of it. Turn off the news, turn off all your things, stop doing that and just start believing that that Holy Spirit power is on the inside of you. Now let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for your word and your way. God, I ask that you just help us live this in a way that brings you glory. God, we do not accept a doctrine of defeat. We do not accept the hindrances and the setbacks and holdbacks that this world tries to put on us. Because God, we know rock, paper, scissors, Holy Spirit. God, you are covering and hovering and empowering. It is to our advantage that you gave us the Holy Spirit. We say thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.